0: welcome into potty podcast football i am dan without me today is andy uh that's why we're getting this out to you so late uh we had work stuff personal stuff kind of come up so uh, we wanted to make sure and get you to the results so we're gonna do that now unfortunately you have to listen to just me but on Friday, Andy will be in town, so we'll, we're we going to try our first ever uh, both hosts in the booth or in my office uh, doing the, the breakdown for the week two and uh, our bets against the spread and the over-under. But let's get into week one, uh, kind of all over the place. I'm going to just say it right now I'm glad Andy's not here because he whooped me. He, he went to town on on all the scores, and uh, boy, I really picked some some dumb ones. Uh, let's start with the Thursday night game: Bills at the Rams. The uh, the Rams were getting two points; they were going to need a lot more. The over/under was fifty-one and a half. Andy and I both took the over, but I took the Rams, and Andy took the Bills. I switched it at the last second—foolish decision because the final score: Bills just destroyed them, thirty-one to ten. Uh, the The Rams would have needed twenty-one points, and the total score is forty-one. So. Neither of us got the over-under, and Andy Handley got the win. Uh, Just looking at kind of what happened, the Rams, it could have been a Super Bowl hangover. We saw something similar to the Bengals, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But these teams have to play longer than anyone else, and it's hard coming back that next year after having played so much. It takes a long time for their bodies to heal from taking basically car wrecks on a weekly basis. So... I, I think the Rams will get better. I still think the Bills are my team to win the AFC, but I don't have them win the Super Bowl just because if you watch the Bills, they do one game better every single year. And so last year, they almost made it to the AFC Championship. This year, uh, or they almost won the AFC Championship. This year, they will. They'll make it to the Super Bowl and they'll lose there. Uh, moving on this one was ugly 49ers at the Bears the Bears were getting seven points the over under was 41 I took 49ers and over Andy took Bears and under I even made it my lock and a solid pick the weather just was something else this happened in Chicago where I live and it just came down in sheets it, it rained all morning long and didn't get better till right after the game was done And so if you saw the game, they were squeezing the field. It was just a a marsh uh, pit down there. And so that's going to throw off everything. The 49ers aren't going to be able to throw it as well. Trey Lance still didn't look that great. Uh, Justin Field seemed to be able to get it done out there, but Trey Lance is still struggling. I don't – I mean, if the next game, we're going to see what he's got because if you don't come off an embarrassing loss like that and come out hot – that kind of tells you who you are. And if he's not winning this one, I think after the bye, you could see Jimmy Garoppolo coming out and taking over for Trey Lance. But we'll see. Um, final score was 10-19, to 19, but I don't think it was even that close. So the 49ers would have needed 9 points instead of the 7 they, got up, they gave up. And the total score was 29, so it was definitely under. Uh, Andy wins that one again. Uh, the Bears... I didn't have them really winning many games, certainly not this one. I tried to start the 49ers and all my fantasy teams just because it is the Bears. That offense seems so anemic. Not so much the offense, but the offensive line. And the 49ers front seven is just so much stronger. There's a few teams that won this week that I think still won't live up to the week one hype. What they put on the field week one, I think these were kind of anomalies. The 49ers Bears being the rain, uh, the Monday night game of Broncos Seahawks being such a a big game with Russell Wilson, uh, and we'll get into that later. But I think uh, the first four weeks, it takes a while to kind of figure out who these teams are. And a lot of the starters don't play in the preseason, which it takes them a while to kind of get get into that rep, get into that mode, um, just get into football shape. They say there's shape and there's football shape uh, just because you got to get a few of those hits and kind of get, get accustomed to that game speed. Uh, the next game, my God, this was depressing in a way that the Texans really haven't done it before. So Colts at the Texans, Texans were getting seven points. The over under was 45 and a half. I took the Colts and over because the Colts, I think are still going to be a really good team. Um, Andy took the Texans and over, uh, we were both right about the, the, or I'm sorry, we we're both wrong about the over cause it ended up being 20 to 20 in a tie in the ugliest overtime tie. I think I've ever, ever I've ever seen, um, it was so depressing. The, the the Texans coming down, it's fourth and three, and there's what twenty seconds left, and they decided to punt it. And, and it almost seemed like the Colts didn't know what to do. They were shocked by it, so they just kind of went into the overtime. It was they played to to not lose instead of played to win, and it was ugly. Um, Damian Pierce, our prop bet over under seventy five yards, I took over. Uh, it seemed reasonable. All the talk out of the camp was that he was going to be the lead back. They let go of Marlon Mack. They let go of uh, Royce Freeman. It was just him and Rex Burkhead. And surely, 32 year old Rex Burkhead's not going to get the lion's share of the carries. We were wrong. Uh, Pierce got 33 yards, and he got was it, 11 carries to Burkhead's four, uh, 13, which makes no sense. It, you've been touting this guy the whole time. Why not give him the ball? I mean, he didn't run great, but the Colts' defense is tough, and no one really ran that well against them. Um, Davis Mills sloppy start but started to play a little bit better towards the end uh, and looked pretty competent OJ Howard with two touchdowns uh, it was an amazing game until the <laughs> until the last minute and then it was a missed kick uh, Colts field goal and then a bizarre punt from the Texans uh, with 20 seconds left. I think the Colts will still be solid you could see that Matt Ryan and Ryan Kelly at the center were having a little bit of just trying to figure things out with the snap they bobbled it a few times they're going to lock that down i think the colts are going to get much better i think the texans will be solid um not great but solid and probably get. i would say i was going to say six to seven wins but now i'm saying six because they just tied which is in the most bizarre fashion i think that that echoes in the locker room too that you don't trust your team enough if you're going to punt with 20 seconds left in fourth and three. Uh, Next is Ravens at Jets. I swung in a miss on this one. I thought Flacco would actually be able to do pretty well. He looked pretty good in preseason, which, granted, is preseason. Um, The Jets were getting seven points. The over-under was 44.5. I took Jets and under. Andy took Ravens under. He made this one of his solid picks, and rightfully so. Ravens end up winning 24-9 in a smokeout. Um, So Andy won the spread, and we both got the over-under. With the total score being 33, I thought this was going to be more of a ground and pound kind of game. I thought the Jets were going to be able to get their run game going with Breeze Hall. I thought they would lean on that a little bit more just with Zach Wilson being out. Um, but it was just it was just a defensive smothering. The Ravens' defense is going to be really good. The Jets have lost two left tackles uh, in the span of about a month, and their quarterback. So yeah, I think I think. Brees Hall is going to struggle for a while. They have a lot of good defenses they have to go up against for like the next six games. So don't be surprised if they struggle. I still think they could maybe do well. This was just... I thought it was going to be a Joe Flacco revenge game, and it just... it was not. Uh, next is Steelers at Bengals. This was another interesting one. Um, the Steelers are getting 6.5. The over-under is 44. We both took Bengals and under. Andy made it his lock and a solid pick because that seemed like the right thing to do. The Steelers have a terrible offensive line. Their quarterback is kind of in flux. Trubisky they said is the starter, but clearly Pickett is the heir apparent. Um, we got the under. Uh, final score being twenty-three to twenty Steelers, and the total score being forty-three. So it was just one point under. So we got that, but yet no, I don't know if anyone saw the Steelers winning. Uh, it was. It started off terribly for joe burrow uh ends up 33 for 53 338 yards two touchdowns four interceptions i mean he started off the game with an interception um ends up rushing another 82 yards but it was i'm sorry 47 yards um but it's just started off ugly and then they had to basically in the half just come back and try and figure it out they didn't score a touchdown in the first half um and it was just bad. The, the, the Steelers' defense was all over him. TJ Watt, they thought he tore a pectoral, but it looks like he won't have to have surgery. I don't know how long he's out. They haven't said that yet, but he doesn't have to have surgery, which means his season isn't over, which is huge. Um, on the other side, the Steelers, Trubisky, 21 for 38 for 194 yards and a touchdown. I mean, 21 for 38 is neat. Uh, 194 four yards with 21 completions is not good. Uh, Rushing, Najee Harris, he hurt his foot. It looks like he's going to be fine. They did MRIs. Looks like he's going to be okay. But they end up running Chase Claypool uh, for six carries, 36 yards. Kind of did a little bit with everybody. The the offense looked competent, um, which is not the adjective you want for your team. But it looked better than I thought it would. The offensive line held up a little bit better than I thought it would. I don't see them having a great season. This first week can always throw people off because you just don't know what you're getting, especially with a new quarterback. And so I still think the Steelers are going to be... They're not going to win that division. I still have the Bengals winning that division. Um, I think they end up finishing third behind the Ravens. But they could be fun to watch with Mitch Trubisky. And then I think after about... Probably after about week four... Uh, Kenny Pickett will come in. Maybe week five, just because they won this game. I think if they would have lost this one, uh, Pickett would have came in earlier. We'll see what the rest of their schedule looks like. But don't be surprised if Pickett comes in about earlier than halfway through the season. Next, we have the Saints at the Falcons. The Falcons were getting five and a half. The over-under is 42. We both took Saints and under. I... I wavered on this one a lot. Yeah. The Falcons usually put up a good, a good competition against their divisional rivals. Uh, Andy made this a solid pick and should have gone with the Falcons. Um, they end up losing very close in Falcons fashion by letting go of a lead 27 to 26. So the Falcons would have needed one point, uh, and the total score is 53. So it wasn't under either. This was actually an entertaining game. Um, the the Falcons go into halftime up twenty to seven or I'm sorry sixteen to seven. Uh, and it looked like everything was gonna go their way. And then in the fourth quarter, at true Falcons fashion, they give up 17 to their, their three points, end up losing by one. Um, but there's a lot to like from this team. Cordell Patterson continually to take up the running mantle from them. 22 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown to go along with his three receptions for 16 yards. I mean, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. If you're in fantasy, I think I would get Tyler Algier a little bit later down the road because I don't know how long Cordero Patterson can keep this up. He's not a young buck anymore. Uh, He's 31 years old. So a lot of of receivers struggle with being 31 and playing well, let alone being a, a wide receiver slash running back. But... They're gonna keep going with that right now, and I, if it's working for you. Um, on the other side, of the Saints. James had a pretty good day, 23 for 34, 269 yards and two touchdowns. The most surprising thing is Taysom Hill, who was moved to tight end this off season, and you're thinking, well, did he have a lot of receptions? No, he had one reception for two yards, and uh, rushing, he had four carries for 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the best rushing from the Saints all day. Kamara only had nine for 39, a terrible, abysmal average of, well, not abysmal, 4.3 yards, but um, I picked up Taysom Hill because if I can have a running back in my tight end slot, boy, that doesn't hurt. So we'll see what they end up doing with him. I think they probably won't see that kind of output from him continuously, but um, that's interesting. Neither of these teams I think is going to do well in the future. It's just the first game and a divisional game these are two teams that play each other really tough. The next game was one that I was very interested in. Um, just to kind of see just to kind of see what some of the new players were going to look like. Um, Browns at the Panthers. Browns are getting a point and a half, the over under is 42. I took the Panthers and under. Um Andy took the Browns and under, but we both kind of wanted to stay away from this game just because it was so different. Uh, The quarterback issue on both teams is, is kind of radical. The Panthers have the Browns old quarterback who is known to get fussy. And uh, he, he said, he's going to, to, he talked a lot of smack before the game. And why would you do that? You're only going to rile up miles Garrett. And that's kind of what happened. Um, the, the first quarter there was nothing it was pretty ugly both teams kind of trying to figure out where they're going uh and then in the second quarter cleveland 17 to 7 it looked not good they barely got that seven in it it was not a good showing in the first half um then three points between the two teams in the third quarter and the fourth is kind of where it came down to uh baker comes back they get 17 points to cleveland six Thought it might end up going into overtime going towards the end there and it was, it was a competitive game, but both these teams have a long, long way to go. The Browns need a better quarterback. The Panthers need a better quarterback. I think it's going to take a little time. He hasn't been there very long, but um, end up score twenty six to twenty four. Browns win. So Andy won that. He got the Browns, um, but it, it was definitely over with fifty points. So neither of us got that one. And then we had the prop bet. Baker over under a touchdown and a half. Andy said over. Baker got one touchdown. Also got one interception as well. Um, So I got that one. (sighs) Nice participation ribbon uh, ribbon compared to all the other losses I got this week. But... um, the Browns are going to rely on their run game. And it started off, Jacoby Percent, started off doing okay, kind of fell apart. He ended up 18 for 34 for 147 and a touchdown. The thing is he was making completions, just not very long ones. And I think that's what you're going to kind of see from him is these little dink and dunks. He didn't run well, four carries for 10 yards. Um, but the big thing is going to be their two running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb with 22 Carries for 141 yards. Kareem Hunt 11 for 46 for a touch and a touchdown. Um, we also saw Kareem Hunt get four receptions for 24 yards and a touchdown. So he had a big game, um, it, as they always do. That's what kind of what they're going to rely on. They've got a good defense. They've got good running game. They got a good off- They have everything except for a quarterback. Um, also keep your eye on uh, and Beeple's Jones. He had six receptions for 60 yards in this game. I think he's going to be better than people think. And I think, especially with Jacoby Brissett there, he's going to do, he's probably going to produce more than Amari Cooper. Just I don't think Brissett has the arm to throw it down there. Um, on the other side, Christian McCaffrey, 10 carries for 33 yards and a touchdown. Not great um, for, especially for Christian McCaffrey and coming back from uh, taking a season off with injury. Robbie Anderson, who notoriously. Talked a lot of trash about Baker before he got moved to the Panthers, but five receptions for 102 yards and a touchdown. Not too shabby. Uh, I would be wary of betting either of these teams going forward, at least for the few first few weeks, just because we still don't know what they are. So be wary of that one. Uh, a similar vein is the next game, Jags at the Commanders. The Jags are getting 2.5. The over-under is 44 I took Jags and over. I thought they were going to take a big step forward. Carson Wentz, his third team in three years, I thought was going to struggle coming out the gate. It was just incorrect about that. Andy had the, the commies and over. Um, final score being 22 to 28, Commanders win. Jags would have needed six points to cover. I will say I think the Jags did make a a, a bit of a step forward. Um, Trevor Trevor Lawrence did not have a good game. Uh, 24 for 42, 275 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and then two carries for four yards. Not too much to speak of. Um, the big thing was Travis Etienne, who a lot of people thought was going to take that step forward this year, especially with James Robinson coming off an Achilles injury last year. And usually it takes at least two years for those, but James Robinson, 11 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown compared to Travis Etienne's four carries for 47 yards. Still, I mean, both running backs. Did pretty well. Etienne uh, also had two receptions for 18 yards. Both these running backs are going to be good. It's going to be tough to figure out who ends up getting the lion's share going forward, just because they want it to be Etienne. But Robinson seems to be the more bell cow back, as opposed to Etienne being the more re- receiving, the pass pass receiving back. So. Um, Christian Kirk with a huge game, six receptions for 117 yards. I, there's a lot to like here from the Jags. That, that it's not great when you're only completing a little more than 60 per, or 55 percent of your your passes, but give them a little bit of time. Last year was such a mess, and his rookie season. Um, I think they still still take a step forward. On the other side, Carson Wentz, 27 for 41, 313 yards. Four touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, that's not a good offensive line. I thought he did. He played pretty well. Uh, kind of, and he distributed the ball well. Curtis Samuel had eight receptions for fifty-five yards and a touchdown. Uh, Antonio Gibson seven receptions for seventy-two yards, along with fourteen carries and fifty-eight yards. So he's going to be the back. A lot, a lot of people thought James Robinson was kind of brought in to take up some of those carries, and then of course he had his um, his horrific accident. And so it's back to Antonio Gibson, but don't sleep on Curtis Samuel. He also had four carries for 17 yards. I think they're going to start. They gave him a lot of money in the offseason. I think they're going to use him a lot more. Um, And then Terry McLaurin, two receptions. But, man, he did the most with them, 58 yards and a touchdown. Um, This is going to be interesting. Again, it's the first week, so you still don't know who these teams are yet, uh, especially with the Jaguars, a whole new regime coming in. Uh, especially when it was a dumpster fire last year. And then the commanders with a new quarterback and a few new weapons, Curtis Samuel was injured all last year. Um, so it, it still takes a while to learn in the beginning of the season. And you'll start to see what these teams are. But I think I thought Washington was going to take a big step back. They still could. Carson Wentz has a, a, a history of looking good at the beginning and then kind of falling apart. Um, I still think Jacksonville will take a step forward. I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they're going to take a big step forward from what they were last year. And next one is a a big one. Uh, Patriots at the Dolphin. Patriots were getting three and a half over under 46 and a half. This is where Andy and I differed, thank goodness, because I needed a win. Uh, I took the Dolphins under. Andy took the Pats and under. I made this one of my solid picks. Um, I I like the Dolphins a lot this year. They already had a a lot of good personnel on defense. On defense, I thought, might take a step back because Brian Flores is no longer the coach. But Mike McDaniel, a really great offensive mind, who at least that's the way he's been touted to us. And then after watching this first game, looks to be the part. Uh, takes over for the offense. Shores up that offensive line. Gives them uh, two a few more weapons. And it shows. Uh, they end up winning 20-7. to And it was not close. Uh, it was 17-0 by halftime. And then the Patriots happen to get a touchdown in the third quarter. But it's, that's a tough defense that the Dolphins seem to move pretty well on, at least in the first half. And on the other side, their defense, I mean, other than one touchdown, really shut them down. Mac Jones, 21 for 30, 213 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, on the rushing side, Ty Montgomery out on the IR uh, with an injury. But, boy, he didn't look good going into it, uh, That which really puts the running more onto it. Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson. A lot of people thought he might be more of a three-headed back, which is what the Patriots tend to do. Damian Harris, nine for 48. Ramondre Stevenson, eight for 25. And then, I mean, they don't really have courier weapons. Devontae Parker had one reception for nine yards. Jacoby Myers, four for 55. Um, Ty Montgomery had the one touchdown, three for 15, and before he got hurt. But they just, I don't understand what the Patriots thought they were going to do on offense. They have no weapons. They have nothing. And it's going to show the rest of the season is that they're going to, it's going to be a lot of low-scoring games, and it's going to be a lot of boring games, I think they're going to lose a lot of close ones. Uh, On the other side, Tua, 23 for 33, 270 yards and a touchdown. Pretty good against a Patriots defense. Um, And then Chase Edmonds ends up taking over the, the lion's share of the rushing with 12 carries for 25 yards not super efficient, but now you kind of see, okay, that's going to be the guy. The next closest was Raheem Mostert, five for 16. Um, And then on the other side, Chase had four receptions for 40 yards. Uh, They kind of distributed this to a lot of different uh, uh, pass catchers, but Tyree Kill was the main guy, eight receptions for 94 yards, but Jalen Waddell, four receptions, 69 yards, and a touchdown. That's that's going to be something else. Um, I mean, Tyree Hill is the target. He got 12 as opposed to Jalen Waddles five. But I don't know who you – who do you sit on with these guys? Because if you try to – even if you lock down those two, Cedric Wilson is still very capable. Uh, the Dolphins, I think, are going to be a good team. I think they could win the wild card. They're not going to win the division, obviously, because the Bills are there. But I think they – I think they're going to give the Jets fits. I think they're going to give the Patriots fits. I think they beat them twice this is going to be when the Dolphins kind of take a step forward and we'll see, this is going to be the best case scenario for two at the end of the year. You'll say, okay, this is what we have from him. Uh, next game was one I didn't want to touch. Cause I think both these teams are very similar giants at the Titans. Giants are getting five and a half. The over under is 43 and a half. Andy and I both took the Titans. I took the over, he took the under and he was right. Just barely final score was 21 to 20 in a close game. Uh, the Giants win so neither of us got that one but Andy got the spread because the total points were 41 this this is interesting for the Giants they got Brian Dable as their head coach he was the former offensive coordinator for the Bills the one who's kind of credited for developing Josh Allen into what he is Um, Daniel Jones a lot of people thought there's not much he could do Um, he doesn't look as athletic as Josh Allen he's not as thick but he's fast. He can move. He's got an arm. And if Brian Dable can't get it out of him, probably no one can. So you're kind of looking to see what he can do. Well, he ended up going 17 for 21, 188 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, uh, and then rushing for another 25 yards. The big story here is Saquon is back, baby. 18 carries for 164 yards and a touchdown. Average 9.1 yards a carry. And this is against a Titans defense that usually doesn't give up that kind of action. Uh, he ended up having another six receptions for 30 yards on the other side, which was the most receptions on the entire Giants receiving team. Saquon is going to, if he can stay healthy, and I hope he can because my goodness is he fun to watch. Um, He did have a fumble, as did Daniel Jones, because, listen, Daniel Jones ain't Daniel Jones unless he has two touchdowns and two turnovers. But uh, we'll see if Brian Dable can kind of calm him down and kind of get him going. But... This is going to be an interesting team to watch. I think they take a step forward. Uh, I think the Titans take a step back, but this is going to be that AFC or NFC East is going to be interesting. I think the the Eagles are going to win it win it pretty handily. I feel, but don't be surprised if the Giants end up second pl- uh, place in that division over the Cowboys. Uh, Ryan Tannehill on the other side, twenty for thirty three, two hundred sixty six yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, and then Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry things, 21 carries, 82 yards, didn't get any touchdowns. Um, and that's, you kind of figured out that's what the Giants are going to do. Look, we're going to stop their run game. We're going to make them beat them, beat us with Tannehill's arm. And to his credit, he did that with Dontrell Hilliard of all people, three receptions, 61 yards, two touchdowns. Um, they spread it around, but around, but they really didn't have a lot of high volume. It was run, 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 which makes sense for them. Uh, I would be interested to see if uh, Malik Willis ends up taking over halfway through the year too. While uh, Ryan Tannehill has two bad game, two bad games in a row, and you're going to start hearing people talk. This next one, um, I boy, I hemmed and hawed about this for a while, but it's the Packers at the Vikings. Vikings were getting a point and a half. The over/under is 47. Andy and I both took Packers and over. Uh, neither of us made it a solid pick because we we. We are a lot higher on the Vikings this year. Now that they got Kevin O'Connell as their head coach, because that's who we wanted to be the Texans' head coach, um, and the Packers losing Devontae Adams with that defense shored up, I figured it was going to be. I was, I thought it'd be a little bit high-scoring game, higher-scoring game, but not like this. But just the Packers struggled so much on offense with the the new receivers and everything that it just. It really kind of blew up in their face. And the Packers tend to start off slow. They've done this several times before. I mean, the season where Aaron goes, you know, R-E-L-A-X, relax. And he kind of said this this year after the game, we're going to have to be patient with these new guys, these new receivers. Uh, one being Christian Watson, who his only, his only target was a long bomb touchdown that he should have had and went right through his hands. Uh, it's going to take a while. Um, with Romeo Dobbs, we didn't really see much from him. He didn't have any catches. And that's the thing with Aaron Rodgers. If he, if you miss, he just kind of writes you off. Well, he can't do that anymore because before he'd write some, a receiver off and then just go straight to Devontae Adams. He can't do that now. Uh, he's got to kind of spread it out a little bit more. Uh, so he started using the running backs a lot more in receiving. A.J. Dillon, five receptions for 46 yards and then 10 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Aaron Jones, five carries for 49 yards, which is interesting. You see that. Aaron Jones had half as many carries um, and about the same amount of yards. So his average was better, but half as many carries is big. And then he only had three receptions for 27 yards. You could see, be seeing a changing of the guard. Um, you could see I, – I thought Aaron Jones might be used more in the receiving game and A.J. Dillon would be more the bell cow back. But A.J. Dillon must have improved his receiving game because he's – He helped put it on him. Uh, He had the most receptions for anyone in the team and the most targets. Uh, That is interesting. Aaron Rodgers, 22 for 34, 195 yards, one interception. It was very, very ugly. Uh, On the other side, Kirk Cousins, 23 for 32, 277 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He is going to have a big year this year. Kevin O'Connell is going to help elevate his game in a way that Mike Zimmer, the previous coach, not only didn't elevate him, but those two were at odds a lot. Mike Zimmer's a defensive-minded coach. Kevin O'Connell is an offensive-minded and thought to be like the next Sean McVay, Um, although that gets thrown out a lot. But I I think that offense is going to be prolific. Uh, One of the biggest reasons being Justin Jefferson. Nine receptions, 184 yards, two touchdowns. Really liked having him on my fantasy team. Uh, And then Dalvin Cook, 20 carries for 90 yards. So... uh, I think this is, I mean, they're going to be a more pass-heavy team. That's just going to be what they are. Uh, Irv Smith, I thought, was going to take a step forward. Zero receptions on two targets. He's coming off of a a finger injury, so that might have something to do with it. And then K.J. Osborne, I thought, was going to take kind of take over the Adam Thielen rule. Both had three receptions. K.J. Osborne had 14 yards. Adam Thielen had 36. But keep an eye on this. I think by the end of the year, K.J. Osborne ends up taking over for Adam Thielen. You might see Thielen more in a... Uh, a red zone role where he's more in the end zone and that's going to be his thing because the man comes down with touchdowns in the end zone. He just does. Uh, But I think KJ Osborne is going to end up taking over that more of the receiver role uh, further in the middle of the field. But this... Don't... I think it's going to take Green Bay a while. Don't be surprised if they struggle. I think they play the Bears next and... It is going to be a uh, a night game. I think that is the the Sunday night game. It is Sunday night game. Packers are going to come out. Bears are one and zero in a very emotional win. Uh, Packers are zero one in a very public uh, trouncing. So I think the Packers are going to come out and probably smoke them uh, next week. But. It's going to take some time for them to kind of figure out who they are. That Packers defense, you watch, they are going to be, they're going to be smothering. The Vikings are just a tough. That's a tough matchup for them, and usually those two end up splitting the the season with the the playing each other twice and splitting that. Next game, Chiefs at the Cardinals. Yowza, this one was uh, this was brutal. Uh, the Cardinals were getting six points. The over under is fifty four. We both had Chiefs. We both had over. We figured this would be a closer game, but this a similar outcome. Um, we got both of them. The final score: Chiefs forty-four to twenty-one, and it wasn't that close. The Cardinals would have needed twenty-three points to cover. Total score was sixty-five. Uh, Pat Mahomes uh, thirty for thirty-nine, which is insane in itself. Three hundred sixty yards, and then five touchdowns, zero interception. He is tied for fourth place with the most five yard five touchdown or more games uh, right now. And he is very young. I you can see him winning that, but he looks like he is back. A lot of people kind of doubted him last year. And you're seeing this where they move along from the high profile, the, the number one receiver, because the quarterbacks kind of become dependent on him. with Patrick Mahomes. You saw that with Tyree kill um, in green Bay it was uh, Devonte Adams. The difference is, Patrick Mahomes was at all the, the the mini camps, all the he was out there learning with his new receivers as sh- shortly after they got drafted or got added, like Juju Smith Schuster. And Aaron didn't. He stayed out. Kind of, they didn't know what was going to go happen with him. He was kind of being Aaron Rodgers, the diva. And you saw, it. they didn't. he didn't have the connection with his receivers that Patrick Mahomes did. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks like he's going to be, I don't know about the bell cow back, but seven carries for 42 yards, so it's not great. Um, and then they used him in the receiving game, three for 32 and two touchdowns. That's kind of where we saw it. He got a shovel pass and a little dink and dunk there. That's where they're going to kind of use him a little bit more. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, six receptions for 79 yards, but Travis Kelsey... Is the man. Eight for 121 in a touchdown. 32 years old. You thought you might see a little bit of decline. You thought without Tyreek Hill, he might struggle a bit more, but now they've got all these other receivers that you have to kind of focus on, and it just opened up the middle of the field for Kelsey so much more. This is going to be a very, very good team in a very, very good division. Uh, they play the Chargers tonight on Thursday Night Football, and I, I mean, anytime these AFC matchups, the AFC West matchups happen, just watch the game. It doesn't matter who it is. Just they're all going to be electrifying. So that was fantastic. Cardinals, boy, the Cardinals defense is really, really bad. Um, they had injury issues. Uh, of course, DeAndre Hopkins is out, uh, suspended for PED. Rondell Moore didn't end up playing. Zach Ertz was injured but still got two for 14 and it got that touchdown. Thank goodness for him. Um, Greg Dortch the rookie got a lot of the receptions, seven for 63. And so maybe look to see him do a little bit more. Mark, he's Hollywood Brown, uh, Kyler's teammate in Oklahoma and kind of why they brought him over four for 43 and a touchdown, but still not great. Uh, James Conner, 10 for 26 and a touchdown, which is not surprising. He's, he's, they're going to use him more in the red zone on the goal line. Uh, then he also had five receptions for 29 yards. So, interesting interesting keep an eye on him Kyler Murray 22 for 34 193 yards two touchdowns they really just did not get going until the fourth quarter I mean they scored one touchdown in the second quarter and then two in the fourth but by that time it was just garbage time Um, this was an absolute blowout the Cardinals are going to take a step back that is not an easy division to, to have a weak spot right now. And they very much do. J.J. Watt was out. They lost Chandler Jones. They just don't have that defense like they did last year. And they they just gave an extension to, Je- to uh, Cliff Kingsbury. So I don't know that they can get rid of him. That's not one of the wealthier owners in the league. It's going to be interesting what they end up deciding to do if this team misses the playoffs this year. Uh, next game was Raiders at the Chargers. The Raiders are getting three and a half. The over-under is 52 and a half. Andy and I both took the Chargers and under. Andy made it his lock. Smart to do so. Uh, the Chargers end up winning 24 to 19. So the Raiders would have needed five points to cover. Total score being 43. So very much under. Um, these are two. I, the Vegas defense played better than I thought they did. It's still the beginning of the season. Um, there's questions about the Chargers head coach, um, Stanley, who Staley, who came over as a defensive guy from the Rams. And Herbert just hasn't looked, even though he's been amazing. I mean, they missed the playoffs last year. That defense has not looked great. They really threw a ton of uh, personnel out there. They went and added Khalil Mack. They added quite a few. Uh, JC Jackson, but I, who I think is hurt. Uh, but Herbert's Herbert's going to Herbert, 26 for 34, 279 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And then um, Austin Eckler was interesting. He did not – you thought he was going to have a bigger game in this. 14 carries for 36 yards. They really shut down the run game. Joshua Kelly, four for 21. Um, and then Eckler, four receptions for 36 yards. Keenan, Keenan Allen, four receptions for 66 yards. who are getting injured. And then DeAndre Carter kind of picked up the mantle. You thought it be, might be Jalen Guyton – who only got targeted once and didn't catch anything, or Josh Palmer uh, targeted four times, only three receptions for five yards, which is terrible. But DeAndre Carter three for sixty-four and a touchdown, so keep an eye on that. Is he going to be the guy going forward? Uh, on the other side, Derek Carr twenty-two for thirty-seven, two hundred ninety-five yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. That's just not going to. That's not going to do well. It might take him a little time to kind of get on the same page, but him and Devonte Adams certainly. Uh, right back to Fresno State, know what they're doing. 10 receptions, 141 yards, and a touchdown for Devontae Adams. They super targeted him 17 times. Uh, everyone else, the next host is Darren Waller, 4 for 79. But that's going to be the team. We thought we might see it spread out a little bit more between Waller and Renfro, but no, it is going to be Devontae Adams heavy. And I mean, you paid him the money, he gets results. Um, but man, they forced it to him 17 times, he only caught it 10 times. So seven drops. I mean, twenty-two for thirty-seven, and that's seven drops. So they need to spread it around a little bit more if they're gonna if they're gonna put up some some numbers on some of these tougher teams that are in that division. Um, they almost got smoked in the the first half. They ended up going into the locker room seventeen to three. Chargers came out in the third quarter a little bit tougher, but um, these divisional games are just gonna be. But anywhere there, just going to be, they're going to be a battle. Uh, The teams are just good. I would say Vegas might be the weakest in the division, but they're still going to be able to beat a lot of good, uh, a lot of better than average teams, I think. Uh, Moving on to the night game, only because I absolutely have to. Um, Bucks at the Cowboys. Cowboys are getting two and a half. The over-under is 51. Andy and I both took the Bucks. I took the over. Just because I mean I thought the Bucks were gonna win. I don't think very much the Cowboys at all. And that was before Dak got hurt. But I thought they'd at least be able to do I don't know. I thought the two teams might be able to get some points. I thought Cowboys might get garbage points at the end, but it was ugly. Final score was nineteen to three. And it wasn't even that close. Uh the Bucks win. Cowboys were needed twenty-two to cover. Uh I mean, this was the the Cowboys got one field goal in the first quarter and then just did not score the rest of the time. Dak, before getting injured, went 14 for 29, 134 yards and in interception, not good. Uh, Cooper rushed the backup, seven for 13, 64 yards. Zeke, kind of, I mean, 10 carries for 52 yards. I don't know why they didn't keep running him. Um, and then. Only one reception for negative three yards. The the game plan on this did not make sense. And that's a tough defense you have to go against. CeeDee Lamb, two receptions for 29 yards. Boy, if you drafted him high, I would be nervous. I One of my leagues, I uh, rushed and grabbed Zeke just because I in a panic because I thought Javante Williams was coming to me. And then after that, it's a pretty big drop-off. I'd already had two really good receivers. I didn't know where to go. Should have went Saquon. Should have went Saquon. But uh, we'll see if Zeke actually does something. Jerry Jones, the, the owner and GM, says all things run through Zeke, which is an antiquated notion in today's NFL. But now with Dak out, it's going to have to. Uh, on the other side, Tom Brady, 18 for 27, two hundred two 212 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Leonard Fournette, bulldozing, 21 carries for 127 yards. Uh, Mike Evans, 5 for 71 and a touchdown. And then even Julio, 3-for-69. Way to go, Julio. Uh, Chris Godwin, who we didn't know if was going to be healthy for this game, 3-for-35. Uh, so I, I don't think the Bucks are going to be as good as they've been in the past just because an offensive line is depleted. Um, but the Cowboys are definitely not going to be good. I think they're going to end up probably third in the division, but it's very realistic that they could end up fourth. Uh, if the Commanders can at least be decent, uh, this is going to be a bad year. I, I think it's already kind of known Mike McCarthy's out pretty much no matter what. Uh, Sean Payton's coming in next year, so he's just kind of warming the seat until then. He's not a good head coach. He he was not a good head coach in Green Bay. He just had really good offensive players and Aaron Rodgers. So. This has kind of been the writing on the wall. The Cowboys are going to have a down year, and honestly, I think their window is closed. They probably need to get rid of some pieces and rebuild. Um, Zeke is overpaid, and they can't hold on to him. Dak is overpaid, and they're not going to be able to hold on to him. They had to get rid of Amari Cooper now; they have no receiver. So, this is the Cowboys are going to have a very down year. Uh, next is Broncos at the Seahawks, the Monday night game. This one was a surprise. Uh, Seahawks were getting six and a half over under was 45. Andy and I both took the Broncos. I took the over. He took the under just because I thought Seattle might play pretty well, but I didn't think they'd put up they, – they'd do this well. And to be fair, it wasn't so much the Seahawks It was the as it was the Broncos just kind of messing up. They were kind of their own worst enemy. Um, lots of fumbles and uh, – two of which were right on the goal line. Uh, Russell Wilson, an okay start, 29 for 42, 340 yards, one touchdown. Uh, And then the carries, Melvin Gordon got more carries, 12 for 58. Javante only got seven for 43. But then Javante Williams got 11 receptions by far the most out of 12 targets for 65 yards. So that is interesting. Uh, I figured Javante might get more of the carries, but, man, if he's going to get more of the receptions, I've got him in – uh, one of my leagues, and boy, I think he's going to be really, really good, but I did not see it coming this way. Uh, Jerry Judy for receptions for 102 yards and a touchdown. On the other side, Geno Smith started off 13 for 13, did not have an incompletion, ended up 23 for 28, which is very good, 195 yards, which is meh, and two touchdowns, which, look, he looks good. And I think Pete Carroll kind of went with Geno um, didn't run it as much because I think it was to kind of prove a point to Russell Wilson that I don't need you, you're replaceable, I can beat you with Geno Smith. Um, on the ground, Rashad Penny, pretty good game, 12 for 60, and then uh, two receptions for seven yards. But he looked he looked good, averaged five yards a carry. They probably should have went running it more, but they got the win. Um, I think they're going to be not as good. Good, as you saw this week. This was at home. Uh, Apparently, it was one of the loudest the Seattle Stadium has ever gotten. And for people to know, that stadium is built to be unbelievably loud. During the uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch's uh, uh, epic run, if you haven't seen it, go look up Beastquake run, uh, it got so loud that it actually registered as an earthquake. Um, On the receiving end... Really focused on the tight ends. Two uh, receptions for 43 yards for Colby Parkinson and in a touchdown. Will Disley, three receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf had seven for 36, which is nice that he had seven. 36 ain't great. Um, I think this Broncos team will get better. The defense is certainly taking a step back just because losing Vic Fangio as your head coach. Anytime Vic Fangio leads a defense, that defense immediately gets worse just because he's an amazing defensive coordinator. He just really never had the quarterback. I think if he would have had Russell Wilson last year, they could have done something. Um, It's just unfortunate for him. But we had a prop bet. Russell Wilson over under two and a half touchdowns. Andy had over. He ended up having one. So I won the props on this one with three. We both went two and five on our solid picks. We both lost our locks. Um, Andy ends up getting five plus five in the, the spread and plus four in the over under so this is not a great week for me I've got a rebound in week two and come back to them uh, we will have our preview show on Friday and Andy is in town so we're actually going to try and do a live one we're both in the same uh, studio slash my office slash guest room so until that time catchphrase phrase <music> we